Ladies and gentlemen, John Murphy. This is John Murphy. I'm John Murphy Rice. And you're listening to the Best Bits Podcast with your host, Will Collins. And he wrote three films. Three films. Three of them. Not one. Three. And two of the films were nominated for Academy Awards. Oscars. Two out of three. He did that. The man who went to the Brits and he took the BAFTA from them. He won that for us. That's your podcast host. He's won a Writers Guild of Ireland award for writing. And not only that, he went off to America. The land of the free, the Hollywood, the land of the portals. He went and wrote a Star War. That's right. A Star Wars on Disney Plus. That's your podcast host, Will Collins. And he's joined by Kevin. He wrote something as well, I think. It's, quite, it's a film, I think. But it's a. Uh, so he. He's also here. On this podcast with Will. And this is another new episode. The best bits, or whatever. Unedited and raw. Hello, Kevin. How are you, Will? I'm good. I'm beat. It's early o'clock, and it's already very, very warm in Donegal. We better start the timer. Lead us. What what have you been up to? What have you watched? I have been mainly most this is like that fast show segment. This week I have been eating. Um I have been, I haven't been to the cinema. I the topical stuff I've watched is all TV stuff. So I've kind of seen a lot of TV stuff. Um I watched a show that you recommend. Um most of it, except the last episode. Myself and Karen watched The Diplomat on Netflix. So we've seen all of it except the last episode. Okay, what what have you been thinking of it? I, you know what, your description of it or your comparison, where, where you were trying to marry it to the West Wing and a soapy vibe, I didn't understand what you were saying. You said there's nothing like it out there, and once I watched it, I went, I kind of know what you mean. It has the seriousness. It has a serious kind of um, urgent political side to it, which feels like a West Wingy type of show, and then there are these really really soapy elements which I don't really like that much. And then there's an element to comedy, which I do like. Um, but ultimately, I think the uh, Carrie Russell, isn't that the, the lead? She's the lead in it. She plays the diplomat in it. She's fantastic. And I actually found it very engaging. I kind of wanted to go, okay, what happens next? Okay, well, how are they going? Well, how is this whole thing going to resolve itself? I think it's kind of very... It ends sharp. on a big, dramatic moment. So you've that Each to look episode, forward to. Each episode seems seems to end on a big dramatic moment. There was always some big kind of like, whoa. But do you remember when the West Wing, they had the assassination of the president? It's like one mm-hmm. of those yeah. storylines. But um, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you watched it. Not many people have been mm. talking about that that I've seen anyway. It's worth it. You can, you, you can see how they were clever in that they have limited locations. They kind of use this one location of a Downton Abbey-like location. And it's it's a fancy enough location where it makes sense where you have all these diplomats and um, leaders, world leaders coming to. So you can kind of see how budgetary, in a budgetary sense, they 
kind of were clever that they have that they're using their locations to their benefit rather than trying to have this sprawling canvas. So I'm enjoying it. I'm recommending it as well. It's fun. There you go. How about you, Kevin? What did you What did you watch? Um, I watched Hypnotic, the new film from Robert Rodriguez with Ben Affleck, um, written by Max right. Borenstein. Um, and it was bonkers. Uh, it felt like a spoof where all the jokes had been taken out of it. And um, it was... Uh, it was nice to see a film that was original, although it felt like it was borrowing heavily from the Inception aesthetic. Um, a lot of the same action sequences and sort of, you know, cities flipping over on each other. But when I was watching it, I just felt like I don't need to um, stress so much about what I'm writing. I don't need to. Why? Because they just didn't give a shit. It was like <laughs> they just constantly keep telling Ben Affleck things. Um, He's looking for his missing daughter. The, 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 pl- the plot line is a detective investigates a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program. And um, there is people out there, there are people out there in the world that have the ability to mind control, or so it seems. Okay. And they can walk up to somebody and say, it's really hot today, isn't it? You're, it's like an inferno. And then that person will start to think that they're on fire. Or they'll walk into a bank and they will, um, they'll say, you're it's the late afternoon, your desk is closed. You should get the money and just give it to me. All that kind of stuff. So it's sort of like, um, <clears throat> did you ever watch the Jessica Jones uh, uh, show? Yeah. Oh yeah. David Tennant's character. Yeah. Mr. Purple uh, or the mm. Purple Man or whatever he was called. Um, he has, the villain has that ability, but it's the way that they just keep telling things to, to Ben Affleck, which is like people can mind control. Uh, oh, Okay. Um, but we can't read your mind. Um, I can read your partner's, or not read your mind. I can control your partner's mind. And it's like, oh, okay. And it, it was just a lot of like, um, people explaining the most batshit concepts and Ben Affleck just accepting it. Like within a few moments. And I thought, oh, you can just do that. You can just like tell people that this is what's going on and you just have to go with it. Um, but yeah, it was dumb, but passable. What I found interesting about it is that a lot of no, um, well-known actors popped up in the, the film for like one or okay. two lines or like half a scene. Okay. Jackie Earl Haley was one of them. Um, right. I couldn't tell you their names. They're like the, the people that you'd see that would be heading up a TV show. Okay. The woman that was in the, the woman that was the star of um, Alien versus Predator, the black woman. Uh, oh God, I can't even. I barely remember that film. Well, you know that actress. Yeah, 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 yeah. She plays his therapist, and she is in one scene, and she has like two or three lines where she asks him a couple of questions, and that's it. And she never shows up again. And I just got the sense that Robert Rodriguez was just asking his friends or people that he liked to come on down we'll have a barbecue cookout and we will um mm. you can shoot a couple of days and you'll get a lot of money and it, it it felt a little bit more distracting where i kept thinking those actors were going to keep popping back up but they didn't but uh it was grand it was grand i remember when i was uh, at late teen i desperately wanted robert rodriguez to be like my my new favorite director 
because he had he came up with the book first of all the 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 making of the El Mariachi book which is called Rebel Without a Crew that's what it was and I remember reading that book and going wow it's possible you can do it you can make a film a successful like you know genre film on no budget that was the one where he was selling his blood wasn't he and he was um he was taking he was a part of a medic yeah experiment he was a part of a yeah he was a part of a medical um, experiment. He went and stayed at the like a research facility for a couple of weeks with other people and got paid a few grand for it. And but the problem was is then subsequently all of his films. Um, I've never really gelled with any of his films. I don't think not not a single one. Even though I've wanted to like them to like them, but I haven't really gelled with any of his stuff. But fair play to him. He has built his own studio. He's done his own thing. He has uh, created his own empire and uh, I think, you know, more power to him. He did it his own fucking way. Yeah, I always just get the sense that his films are experiments for him. He's like seeing if he can do it on whatever mm. limitations. But um, I felt those limitations. The, the characters all just felt right. like plot robots with this really heavy-handed sentimental music playing over scenes. Mm. The other thing that I watched was, I watched it yesterday, was the show that everyone's talking about. And I think we couldn't record this episode without discussing it. It's the... This morning. <laughs> yeah, this morning. <laughs> I was going to go to the artist's watch like a root. Yeah, there's a lot of talk about this morning for sure. For sure. It's very interesting. It's very curious. Like it really is probably the... It's probably a bigger news story than the death of the queen. <laughs> Explain to people what the news story is. So there is this breakfast time TV show that has been going on for decades on ITV and uh, also on RT, um, one of the RT channels. Uh, Virgin, not RT. uh, Oh, is this? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Virgin Media, whatever it's called. And it's been hosted for two decades by a uh, guy called Philip Schofield, who is who was a, a children's daytime, a children's TV presenter back in the 80s. And he's kind of like a darling, a kind of a cute, fuzzy character um, in, the, in the mind of British media, I suppose. But he has left in, he's left a bit, he left in controversial circumstances where he lied about a relationship with a, an intern. And, uh, and it's caused all sorts of, I don't think he was Calamity. an intern, but he was um, he was one of the younger researchers, and yeah, he basically Kevin Spacey himself, and uh, he got the sack, and people are clamoring for other heads to roll, and one of the former pre- uh, presenters, Eamon Holmes, is out there like sticking the knife in constantly, uh, mm. which is fascinating to to see. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, tit for tats going on. Yeah, but that's not what we're going to talk about. You you saw what? Fubar. Fubar. The Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, com- action comedy series that's on Netflix now. I watched the first episode of it. Me Kevin, too. I believe you watched it as well. Okay. We don't know what each other thinks of it, right? Oh, yes, we do. Um, do we? All right. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, I'd be shocked if you think it's anything other than kind of crap. It's I, I it's kind of what I expected. I didn't expect it to be very good, right? So I watched it. Do you know what? I, I resetted my calibration while watching it, right? And I went, okay, this isn't True Lies, the TV show. This is the A-team. But, but there is a True Lies A-team. TV show. Oh my God, there is a True Lies TV show. Oh my God. 
It's not oh, that God, either. I haven't watched this. I haven't watched this. I haven't watched this. It's there are things about it I didn't mind, Kevin. Okay, I, it's not it's not very good, but there are things about the first episode I didn't mind. I thought once they got into South America, and once his daughter showed up. What's right, the storyline? Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. The storyline is basically true lies. Only now Ar- Arnold's character is retiring. And he goes on one last mission to South America because some bad guy's got a WD at WMD. And when he's down there... Do you know who the bad guy was? To, having a clue. He was the Terminator from the Dark Fate Terminator. No way. Yeah. Oh, I actually thought he was good. He was one of those one of those performers who went, oh, he's actually solid. Like as in... Do you know what I noticed? With the material he had, he did fine. What? Schwarzenegger's not as tall as he used to be. I suppose that's probably true, yeah. Well, everyone shrinks as they get older. Yeah, I just noticed that he was always like uh, smaller than everybody else uh, and he used to tower over people. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was just a kind of a a thing in the 80s where they kind of like make sure you shoot Arnold make him look as big as possible make me look as big I want to be the oak the Austrian oak he put me on top of a tree uh, I got the sense that they were just doing the bare minimum that they needed to do in order to keep the story going so there was a lot of like empty streets empty Buildings, empty corridors. I could feel the budget in in everything. I don't know. I the most unrealistic thing about it was that all this, the support team agents used Acer laptops. <laughs> that was that's the element of the the elements of that episode that and that irritated me the most. His his support team. Uh, they they either one, there's two factors. Material wasn't good enough. Their characters were just so bloody flat. But also the irritating comedy score that has been That's awful. Slapped. That's when I yeah. immediately like checked out. Because it starts off with, with um, a needle drop. I think it's the Rolling Stones, the most overused mm. needle drop in film history. And um, the Rolling Stones must be hard up for money. They just keep letting anybody use that fucking song. Uh... And then it goes into this sort of generic, like, sound-alike music. And I thought, oh, this mm-hmm. is like Barry, but on a budget. And uh, it's nice to see Aaron Schwarzenegger and, you know, hear his voice and stuff. But when you have a premise that is arch and it's fantastical, for me, you need to ground everything else. Everything else needs to be... to to undercut how over the top the the storyline is. So if you go in mm-hmm. and you start adding in comedy music onto comedy scenes, it's no longer funny anymore. And mm-hmm. uh and if your support characters are all incredibly broad and like yucking it up, then that it's like those emails, remember those e- joke emails you get years back and it would be like scroll down for the punchline Wait for it. Wait for it. You're going to love it. <laughs> Seriously, hold on to your sides. And by the yeah. time you, you scroll down, you'd be like, I'm never going to laugh at this. And the punchline would just mm-hmm. be, it could have been relatively funny if they just delivered it like right then. Yeah. But all the sort of like elbowing, nudging, it just neutralized any potential for it to be funny. 
And I felt that in this and um, yeah, it just, uh, I'm not going to watch episode two. Sorry, Ernie. Do you know, I was just, as you were saying that, I think that that type of music comedy scoring is kind of like a soft jazz, you know, a bassy kind of like, and uh, for me, it's, well, there you go. For me, it's like the Cannes laugh track. That's what it's like. It's like it's replaced Cannes laughter in shows. It's like, okay, we need to, we need to tell the audience that this is supposed to be funny rather than it actually being funny in its, on its own terms. And as you just said, as a result, it's not funny. Saying that, Kevin, I thought it was, yeah, I really, I thought it wasn't very good. But on saying that, his daughter, I think, is very good. No, like she saw uh, when I, didn't, her, I didn't think she was good at all. <laughs> no, I thought she was, come here. I thought, honest to God, I was, she, do you recognize her? No. She was in Top Gun, she was in Top Gun Maverick. She was one of the other pilots in Top Gun Maverick. Because I had a quick, uh, there was no quick, other pilots in that except for Tom Cruise and Miles. Miles, what's his name? Is he Miles? Miles Teller. Teller. Yeah. It's just him and him. They didn't let anyone oh, else sort of like <laughs> show up in it. Um, no, but when they introduce her, her and it's like, yeah, yeah, we got the toughest guy around. And oh, and he's like, I can't wait to meet this guy. And it's like, he's not a guy. And a bare knuckle boxing or a MMA fight is going on in a ring surrounded with all these militants. And it's his, mm-hmm. it's his daughter who looks like she just drinks smoothies, drives a Tesla and she's beating the shit out of this guy. And it's like, she's going to break her wrist if she throws punches with that heft. And that's where I'm like, everything about this premise is, is asking me to buy into something which is so fantastical. Stop making it harder for me to believe every single moment, every line of dialogue, every, uh, every character, every action. Um, and I know that they're going for a sitcom, a spice sitcom. But yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't for me. I was just sort of like really disappointed. And I hated the way it looked. I remember like looking at True Lies and the Omega sector headquarters would be, you know, deep focus and it'd be all glass panels and there'd be oh, all yeah. these extras in the background and TV screens and people moving about. And then you're in the CIA regional office headquarters and it's just flat wood paneling and um, Mm. Ikea tables and Ikea chairs and it's shot with Arnold just standing against the flat paneled wall it's like this is so dead looking there's no windows there's no life Um, it's and it's shot by the guy that did Sopranos I think I already said that did I? No you didn't say that yeah the DP the Sopranos so I don't know I just don't think they had enough time and money to do it yeah. I still think if you calibrate your brain to basically this is a, a 1980s A-team type show, then you might be able to derive some sort of uh, satisfaction out of it. But it is not, if you're looking for, if you're, Siri was just listening to me, if you're looking for a quality spiritual sequel to True Lies, this is unfortunately not it. And also... The quality of Ernie's performance, I actually think it modulated from the scenes where he was in the real world where he wasn't very good and just the scenes were like in those yucky, yucky um, moments with Jay scenes. Yeah. And in particularly in the CIA headquarters, I just went, oh, this is terrible. But when he was actually on the field, 
uh, out there in the in the in the encampment, I actually went. Oh no, he's actually feels natural in this environment, and I thought he was he was totally fine in in that space. I don't think it's very good. I don't think it's awful, but um, yeah. But you know, if you really like Arnie and you want to watch something like this, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix host style. I don't like it. It kind of is, isn't it? It's kind of yeah. Oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. It really is. Uh, what other things have you been watching, uh, Kevin? I watched Succession. <sighs> the big finale. My God. Okay, we watched it last night. And we also haven't discussed it. So I don't know what you think of it. Um, I was not as keen on this season as most people were. I felt there was a few... S- episodes where I was losing interest and getting a bit bored of the the repetitiveness of the characters. They were mm. starting to grate on me. But there have been three excellent episodes for this final season. One was the death of Logan Roy. The other one was the funeral service. And this mm. finale, I thought, was really, really strong. Although it didn't feel like a finale. The way that it ended, I could well imagine them coming back for like a, a season five. Although I'm glad that they're not. But I was not sure where it was going to go. And I like that. Mm. Um, I like that we got to see the uh, siblings um, in a more innocent way when they were all sort of agreeing to let Kendall take over the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were just goofing off with each other. I, I like that. It felt sort of, um, it it felt like that they still had the camarad- camaraderie of siblings and that they hadn't totally um, fractured. And then I was just sort of really impressed that they managed to make the final fight, the ugliest of all fights, the worst one they've ever had where there's mm-hmm. no way you can come back from this. This is one where people have like 30-year feuds and they never speak to their, their siblings. And it's like, mm-hmm. why doesn't, you know, Auntie Shiv talk to Uncle Kendall? Uh, don't talk about that person. It's that kind of a fight. Um, I thought it was really excellent, really well done. And I didn't expect it to go the way that it did. What did you think? I, I, I thought it was a perfect ending. Honest to God. And, but there was a moment. Long episode. It was nearly 90 minutes. Yeah. There was a moment uh, about over the halfway point where I thought, hang on a second. Are they heading towards a joint win here? And if they headed towards, if the show resolved with them winning at the end, kind of like uniting and winning, I would have felt that was the wrong ending. I would have felt that was completely disingenuous. There were so many things I loved about this episode. One, I loved the scene of them at Logan's apartment where where Connor is basically ha- set up a system for all of the, um, for people to kind of like pick and select what items they want to keep for themselves using a whole sticker system. And I thought that was incredibly funny. Are you okay, Kevin? Yeah, my uh, screen went black. Wrong. Okay. And I didn't understand I that. that was, I thought that was an auction. 
No, it wasn't an auction. It was basically you can you can take some items that you can take as heirlooms. Basically, these are selecting. You have a sticker to say, "I'm having this. This is for me." And he had a whole system could kind of like do as a a fair thing. And I kind of felt, oh, that was fun. But it ultimately led them to watching this this home video footage of Logan Roy in his last days. Kind that of that was very sad. Fun. And and they were all sitting down at like children at their father's knee watching this video and they all had this kind of like glowy warm smile on their faces. It and- wasn't just that, it was that they had smashed that group up. They'd completely broken mm-hmm. it. So everybody that was around that table was no longer sort of in the inner circle anymore. Jerry was gone, Kerry was gone. Um uh the the two old fellows whose names I can't remember right now, they weren't really a part of it anymore and it it felt like um there was a, some guilt to them as well as grief i felt mm-hmm. and it's almost like they didn't get to see that side of him for a long time you know that side of him is is almost like that that's what they've been craving all this fucking time to be with their daddy around the table just having fun and the only way they can get close to it is through someone else's memory someone else's and it's it was painful and it was lovely and there was a yearning in their face they all like there was no kind of smart arsery going on between them all the children had this kind of yearning and I don't know it was it was a, a very poignant and I love the juxtaposition of that happening and also the machinations of what's this the, the Gojo Jojo guy uh, with Tom in the background I went oh fuck this is this is good good shit going I guess on here. you can use that app no can't you which can instantly translate what somebody else is saying yeah wasn't that fantastic that was fucking well I, I just recommended there's friends of mine going on holiday I went oh use that Google Translate thing and you can just hold it up and it will just listen to people speak and automatically translate it to the correct language oh my god it's fantastic I like also, that Greg the became thing, the kingmaker yes and he's Greg is my if I had to pick a favourite character he's my favourite character I like that he stood up for himself and, but also he, every episode, he kind of does the shrug of like going, hang on a second. Every episode, he actually is, he tips the balance. He tips the scale in some sly little way. Just he gives some sort of information that just turns, turns the whole, pivots the whole drama of that episode in a, in a, in a, in a really exciting way. Another thing you brought up there, the scene, what happens is, well, you should only be listening to this if you've seen the episode. But when they go back to the mother's house, basically to get Roman. Yeah, Shiv goes to the, the mother's house to, to to basically get Roman to side with her. I thought Roman and, might have topped himself or was like had a um had attempted to kill himself. The way that it, was, it, it was set up. Doesn't it sound like that? But you were you described there that night where they all kind of unify to well, obviously to learn what's going on, but they unify. And it was interesting how they unified. They unified in their joined shared kind of repulsion of their mother and when the only time they can be unified is when they have a parent to hate and as soon as they leave their mother's house that is gone they can they can't they can't work together anymore and i went oh god this is fucking painful this is painful what this family that's is true like. for a lot of families as well though it's like once the parents die all the siblings scatter and that's why that's why i felt there's no way they should win out at the end of the day here. There's no way they should be a united force at the end of this kind of coming away, having the keys to the kingdom, keys to the castle, because it's it's never going to last for long. You know, they have they've 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 proven to us that they can they can get on for about five minutes, but as soon as you know, uh, you know, 
something's going to happen where everything's going to erupt. So Tom, that scene between Tom and Alexander Skarsgård, where he told him that he wanted to oust Shiv because he didn't think that she was right and he wanted him to take her place and he agreed to it. I thought that was an electric scene. But when he agreed to do that, I need to walk through some things because there are there are no scenes in this episode that are extraneous or no moments that are extraneous. Everything serves a purpose or is there to tip the hand or to elucidate moments which we might not have seen. So, mm-hmm. for instance, at the very end when Roman's in the bar, he's having a martini. That was always mm-hmm. Jerry's drink. Oh, I never cop that. So he's drinking... He's drinking Jerry's drink, a martini. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. What does it uh, say? Who knows? The other thing was Carolina. Mm-hmm. So when Shiv confronts Tom, she knows that Tom was the one that was going to oust her and take the position as CEO. There's a scene that happens when they're coming in to have the, the board meeting vote where Carolina, <clears throat> where Carolina says to Shiv, once you take over, or um, something like that. Yeah, once you take over, can I put in a request that the first thing you do is get rid of Hugo? Mm-hmm. Hugo, obviously, is the guy from um, Short Circuit. Yeah, yeah. And he was the guy who was working with Kendall behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So then once Tom takes over, the first thing Tom does is ask where's Carolina to Hugo. Which makes yeah. me feel that Shiv and Tom had had a conversation before the vote where they had agreed to for her to let him take the company and her to become her mother, a housewife, alongside him. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. You're probably right. Yeah. Also, yeah. people were trying to pick it apart and say this was the moment that Shiv changed her mind. It was when Kendall sat down in the chair the dad's chair and he was sort of swiveling back and forth and she just had this quizzical mm-hmm. look. But um, yeah, I I remember thinking the same thing that Shiv thought when they were all around the boardroom and he was giving his speech. I just thought this guy is so weak and he's not cut out for this. And mm-hmm. um, very different energy to when he was giving the eulogy and he just felt like strong and, yeah. and purposeful. Yeah, I that, that final scene where they just went into the side boardroom and just tore strips from each other. It felt so sudden though. There was also, do you remember before they had the the shareholders meeting where Roman sees Jerry, you know, cut through the glass. Yeah, and he, and he like, says, he can't he, see he, you. He, yeah, he, he becomes almost, he doubles up. He can't even raise his head. He's so, oh God, he's so crippled by, uh, by even the sight of her. And then- It's interesting for his character weeping. because he was somebody that his kink was shaming. He loved to be yeah. like dominated and shamed. And now he was just embarrassed to be around Jerry. Yeah. I think because he felt so and much then, guilt. What I loved about the moment where Kendall comes over and hugs Roman, I was I, on my first reading, I went, oh my God, this is this is the hug he needs. This is this is like an embrace. But he kept I was like, pushing oh, his wounded eyebrow exactly. into his shoulder until he made himself yeah. bleed. So he was hurting himself and, by but, hugging him. So was this this was the thing. Was Kendall, was Roman doing it to himself or was Kendall doing it? Was Kendall squeezing his head 
into his shoulder because I was I was wondering. Don't know. Hang on a second. Who's who's actually doing this? Because if Kendall did it, it's basically opening old wounds. That's what we have. It's like the literal metaphor of an old wound being opened right now. And I just well, I, I just went that, that. Well, that's lovely. I like that isn't a, from a elegant storytelling point of view. But also, it was questionable. I was just going, well, who's doing this? Who's doing the damage right now? Um, and they went into it just under, it just took a slight little moment, as you were alluding to there. Shiv looking at Kendall, looking at Kendall sitting on the dad's chair, just assuming, oh, I can sit in the dad's chair now. And that being a little moment to tip it over. Ultimately meaning they could never get on. They could never work together as a unified force. It was impossible. It had to, it, they had to fuck it. They had to fuck it. And I loved, I thought it was, it was the right ending in it. It's the right ending. But what I was seeing caught off guard by was how quickly Roman jumped in and got his kicks in and Kendall as well. As soon as Shiv said, I just, I can't stomach you. Uh, You killed Mm -hmm. somebody. Um, Then Roman got straight in there and was like, you know, those aren't even even your kids. And you know that, what's his face? The guy that plays Kendall is pretty method. So I bet he was squeezing the fuck out of his throat for real. Yeah. It looked so severe. It was like he was squeezing his fucking face. It was like he was going to pop his eyeballs. Yeah. Can I can I also point, uh, highlight, there, there was great humor in this episode as well, coming from the mother and her husband, whatever his name, Paul or Tom or whatever he was. And the mother, when she says, oh, I don't like looking at people's eyeballs. What's she talking about? She described eyeballs yeah, as like... Yeah, eggs in their, um, in their faces. Yeah. I just, she's such a... Uh, d- delicious and uh, entertaining, despicable character. She's like uh, a, a, just... an evil stepmother in a Disney film. Yeah. So look at these. Look at these people. They had on one side they had an evil stepmother, um, and on the other side they had a monster for a dad. They they're fucked up. They're fu- they're yeah. But all the money they have, they could just decide let's hop on a private jet <laughs> and go down to fucking Barbados, wherever it was. <laughs> they could do whatever yeah. they wanted. Um, I also love. I, there's so many. I, there's so many moments I loved. I also loved the moment of Tom when Tom now is the king. You really feel like oh my god, Tom is the king right now. And that moment of him really just 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 casting out. You Hugo. know. Uh, uh, yeah, he, all of them. He just went, he's gone, he's gone, he's gone. But also how he leaves it with Greg. He brought the women around him. So he's going to have Shiv by his side. He's going to have Carolina. He's going to have Jerry. We didn't talk about like the, the, the betrayal of Tom, of Greg on Tom. I loved that Greg slapped him back. And I thought, yeah, this is, this is nice. Um, it felt a little like too much catharsis, you know, giving us what we want instead of what would, people don't change that severely like in one episode. He slapped him back uh, and I thought, oh, that's nice. But I knew then when Tom took the, the job that he was going to keep Greg around. And when he says, I've got you, I thought, oh, of course, perfect. So the disgusting brothers he, are still going to work together. <laughs> the disgusting brothers. But like he used one of those stickers that they were using around um, Logan's apartment. I claim like you. the sticker to his forehead. Yeah, I own you now. And it's not like, it's like, now I officially own your ass. And before it was like, you know, you're my little toy. Now you are my, you're mine. That'll end in murder. Episode seven of season eight will be when Greg actually kills Tom. 
yeah. Eventually, eventually, if this show did go on, Greg would eventually have to be CEO at some stage. He would have to be. He would. He would. Oh, he was always going to worm his way to the top, some way. Um, I also loved the moment. I just kind of. I. I thought the final ten minute. Ten minutes of this show was perfect. It's been A like that all season. Though. Ending. It's been like you know one after the other episode where I've been kind of like checking out, and then the final scene would just grab me like the the balcony moment between Tom and Shiv mm-hmm. um or the the moment when uh, Logan Roy turns up at the the karaoke bar those kind of moments mm. yeah a great show I'm I'm glad that they stuck the landing and uh yeah that's how you do it fucking yeah fantastic fantastic and I'm glad they're not doing a season five. It's a perfect way to just leave it. You could easily do a season five, but I think I told you I met all the bases now. Jesse Armstrong at um a party once, and he's a huge guy. He's really really tall, and right. uh, you know everyone's there in their suits or or their smart casual attire, and he was in like tracksuit pants and he had a shirt that was like really loose fitting and sort of hanging off him. You know, like you'd have a dress shirt and tracksuit pants. And yeah. um, I think he'd worked on some zombie show or something on E4 when E4 was a, a channel. And he just seemed so disarmingly like normal, but normal in a, in a way that didn't feel like he should be part of this party. He was just like leaning up against the right. table. And I said to him, I just heard him. I think he he was one of the writers on either In The Loop or the something like that. And I was telling him mm-hmm. that I just heard him on the podcast on the Jeff Goldsmith podcast. And he was right. like, you listen to that? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good. Oh, I didn't even understand what was going on. I was like, no, I listen to that <laughs> show all the time. It's like, it's a, it's a brilliant show. And he was like, okay. Uh, and where, where did you hear it? And I was like, it was just, you know, you can listen to it uh, on, um, on your iPod. And he was like, oh, okay. But it was sort of like, peculiar someone's coming and saying i heard that conversation that you had that you thought nobody heard but yeah i was just sort of like completely taken aback by it. and then the right. next time i saw him he was on one of the hbo sort of making of uh behind the scenes things you know where they're publicizing the show and he'd been given a, mm-hmm. a, a complete makeover he was not really dapper and smart and he looked like he had money he was really slick uh, i just remember the guy that looked like he was um that he'd just come from the Dole office that was slouching in the corner at this party where everyone was like, all these executives are milling about and it was an open bar. But yeah. I think, I I think you can measure someone's success or a lot of this industry goes on. You can see someone's made it when they look slick, when they look like they've been put together by someone else. And there's like, someone's been consulted. And, uh, and uh, I remember one of the people that was working on his show, he had a writer with him as well. I can't remember what the show was, but the, the other writer was like, tell tell him the concept of your movie. This was the, the concept of Grabbers. And I, I told him and he thought that was hilarious. So I remember that as well. <laughs> oh, um, you know what? Uh, I think we've got time to talk about some news. How about that? Right? <laughs> Go for it. I watched, okay, there's one trailer I watched in this last week. And I think it's the trailer that everyone's talking are about. Are you typing in that it's, page? Is that why things are changing colour? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I'm highlighting it so I could so I can actually look. I put my little cursor over it and I just went wee so I can actually see what it is. The trailer, the sec, the next trailer for the Barbie film, the Greta Gerwig Barbie film, just came out over the week, and I watched it, and it told us a little bit more about what the story would be, and it seems like this is going to be more of an elf type story. Where we have what I said way back when I said I imagine this is going to be like Enchanted, where uh, the Amy Adams character goes from the animated world into the into the real mm. world. What I'm curious to know is whether Will Ferrell is playing the same character in this that he was playing in the Lego Movie. That will be interesting. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> well, that was a dad. He seems like he's the CEO of Mattel Corporation or something like that. And um, but I will say this. They were, it's a, it, this is a concept that's been done several times. We can go back as far as the Brady Bunch movie. Remember the Brady Bunch movie where you had like the family from the 70s were in like, you know, contemporary yeah, fish 90s water. LA. Yeah, that's basically it. The ad, I, I laughed several times. I think Ryan Gosling is a hoot in the ad. I thought it was, there were so many funny little gags. I genuinely am excited. I can't I remember I which. I a clever punchline. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, was it in that trailer where he goes, I'm going to come over tonight. And she's like, why? He's like, because we're boyfriend and girlfriend. To do what? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't see that. I didn't see it there. There was was a misogyny where he goes into, there's a shot of him in a a hospital wearing a cowboy suit, like a woody cowboy suit. And he's he's talking, he says, can I see, can I talk to the doctor? Basically, as in, I want to be doctor. And and as a woman, he says, I am the doctor. And he went, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. But the the, the doctor, you know, and um, yeah, I thought it was, I think there's going to be a lot of good comedy in here. You remember all the hype that was happening before the film was even finished shooting where all the actors were saying it was the best script they've ever read. Uh, yeah. The best script that they've had in their career. So they're setting themselves up here now to really deliver. So I hope they do. Yeah, it has to be. I, it just, it's going to be an out no comedy. And I hope, I, I am looking forward to laughing because I do love Fish Out of Water. Good Fish Out of Water films. What's um, this? Um, Will Ferrell starring in Madden? Yeah, Will Ferrell. So we were talking about, last week we were talking about Air, or we were talking about Air at some stage anyway, about um, products and IPs being turned into creation of certain IPs and products being turned into feature films. And Madden, which is in America, is a big, huge... Video uh, game. Uh, well, it's a video game based on the uh, the, uh, the NFL, uh, which is... I don't play with children's toys. <laughs> well, this is John Madden. Our American listeners will will be frustrated with that. Um, it's like calling FIFA a kid's toy. Um, so it's basically uh, American version a kid's of FIFA. Toy. <laughs> What's his name? The guy who owned it. Madden is uh, John Madden was a, a, a coach, a football coach. <laughs> he wasn't. He was a football coach, and uh, when he, whoever it was were making the, a video game, they licensed his image to kind of like say John Madden's football, like they had Mike, Ty- Mike Tyson's boxing and this one took off. So this is a movie about the acquiring of John, of John Madden's uh, license. What's that skater? To be, to Tony Hawk's. Tony Hawk's that one as well. Tony Hawk. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And Will Ferrell is playing John Madden. So another one of these, we're going through an era of just IP uh, of like of movies, of but if he's how, a real uh, person, that's a more of a biopic about him. Yeah, unless it's around a, a specific moment, you know, a specific deciding the licensure deal 
for his likeness to be used. Yeah. So it's just curious how we've just had air and now we have we have the John Madden uh, video game thing. It's curious. It's odd. Um, I didn't. You've written down some more news here, and I didn't know. I didn't see this news. They're doing sequels to mm. Cliffhanger. The same guy, by the same guy, uh, the guy who did. Oh crikey, I should have wrote down his name. He, the guy who yeah, did, the, did Greenland is doing a, a sequel to Cliffhanger. Uh, yeah, he's doing he's doing doing Greenland two and Cliffhanger two. So I don't listen. I enjoyed Greenland. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I thought it was. I enjo- really good. Yeah, I enjoyed Greenland. Um, oh, there we go. There's a timer going. So. It's on the way. They're happening. If it has Stallone on it, I hope it does. It'd be good if Stallone's there in some way, shape, or form. Cliffhanger is a top three Stallone movie for me. It's pretty good, yeah. It's very good. I I love that in the cinema. Loved it. I didn't see it in the cinema. I, I saw it on video, but yeah, great opening scene as well. Mm. Really, really good. And J- James Cameron's he's not writing another Terminator movie, surely. Uh, that's apparently what the, the internet are telling me. I don't believe that. That Cameron's writing a term. He's very busy doing his avatars. I just read other news. He's he's like he's doing avatars full time. Maybe he's got enough time to do a Terminator in between. But apparently he's writing a new Terminator script. I don't know if it's true or not. He'll just bring in a, a, a writer's room again and have them do another Dark yeah. Fate version. That's probably what's going to happen. Because <sighs> it's a big IP. It can't die. They just can't let it die. It's one of those IPs, though, that just, it can't keep going. The story was completed after the second film. Yeah, with T2. Yeah, it really was. It really was. But, hey, if there's money to be extracted, they will squeeze it and squeeze it. I know, that's why we do this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, well, those are the main things. I have one recommendation, which I uh, uh, I think it, it will be actually quite useful for people. I wanted, I was going to uh, stretch it out and talk about it a bit longer, but um, no, I think it's good for a recommendation. I don't know what you mean by TV Tropes website. That's what I was going to recommend. There's okay. This, All right. Well, let yeah, me. That was going to be my recommendation. Okay. I don't know what my recommendation is because I'm still reading that uh, first 25 years book. Um, oh wow I paused I have about two thirds of the second book read and I paused because they had came came to the final season of DS9 and I realised that oh shit maybe I should actually finish DS9 completely before I go and listen to them spoiling it for me so I've gone back to finish the final ten episodes of DS9 uh and it's very good. It's made me appreciate that show even more by by going through the um, the making of of it. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the, the first one is it has been fascinating, really interesting. Mm. Yeah, second one is keeps keeps the power keeps it up. Um, oh god, I'm just looking at my podcast downloads here to, for something to recommend. I'm just going to recommend because I've recommended almost everything else that I've been listening to, or every right. podcast in my feed I have recommended at some stage. Um, except for Alan Carr, Alan Carr's Life's a Beach, which is an interview podcast that he does, which can be very funny if I know who the guest is. So um, he's got Kathy right. Burke on this current one. You know Alan Carr, the comedian who did Chatty Man and stuff like that? Yeah. 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 It's, it's Oh, very good. 
the concept is that he is talking about travel. So it's his Allen Airlines. And um, he just asked what their favorite travel experiences, where they've been, any holiday romances, uh, what they like in a holiday. And they just have a laugh talking. One of those lockdown podcasts that's still going. Ah, oh, cool. Bit like us, Kevin. A bit like us. Yep. Uh, I have a really useful writing tool website, which I think would be good for writers out there. Chat uh, GPT. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a website called tvtropes.org. That's tvtropes.org. And it basically breaks down every bit of media into its various tropes. And it is so fucking comprehensive. It's fucking brilliant. It even has, I looked at grabbers. It's got grabbers on there and breaks really? down grabbers into, yeah, oh yeah, into all its tropes. It has Screechers Reach, which is out just a month ago, less than a month ago. It has Screechers, Screechers Reach broken down into all its various tropes. And you can click in on the on the tropes and see, like, you know, what other films have that exact type of trope. Like, it's, there are so many funny ones It's for one grabbers. of these things... Does Grabber? Oh, that's bizarre. I didn't know that was on there. But um, I've used that in the past. You know, when you're Googling some things. Um, yeah. But it will give you terms like hanging a lantern on it or fridging. Yeah. I'll give handy. you the ones for Grabbers. Well, I give you the ones for you. So the, the ones for Grabbers are alcohol-induced idiocy, uh, the alcoholic, alien blood, ankle drag, antagonist title, big bad, can't hold his liquor, death by looking up, the end, or is it? Face hugger, hostile weather, kick the dog, knight of Cerberus, kick uh, the man dog? of kryptonite. Kick the dog is when the male grabber realizes he can't eat Smiths due to all the alcohol in his system. He just swats him into the air, killing him just because he can. <laughs> uh, multi-purpose tongue, one-word title, only sane man. Our vampires are different. <laughs> and a lot of them are actually quite funny. And you can click into each little headline and it will give you a breakdown. That's making me feel like Grabbers is the most cliched riddled script ever. Oh man, no, everything. Everything is is a trope. Listen, and and I was I was I, what this made me realise is that male lead. We're just all we're just all bakers. And we all have the same uh, collection of ingredients in the press. It's how we put them together makes our stuff unique. I told you before um, about things that we do that everybody does, you know, like taking an empty bottle and after you finish drinking it and bumping it off your head. Uh, mm-hmm. Stuff that nobody told us to do, but we end up just doing it anyway. And I saw a TikTok yesterday, which is um, things we did as kids. And this guy went through about yeah. 30 of them. And it was they were like sense, sensory blasts. I was like, fuck, I remember I used to do that. Stupid little things where yeah. you take your rubber and you'd, you'd stab it with your pencil and leave all these little holes mm-hmm. in it with the pencil. Or you'd take your ruler and you'd, you know, doink it off the end of the table. Um, or you'd, no, not stand. Where you'd lean on the table with both your hands and jump up with your back feet. Mm-hmm. Lean on the table and, and lean on and jump Lean up over right. a table, oh, yeah. put, press your hands right. and jump up with your back feet. Just jump up and down. With your back, lean over table. Not with your forward feet, but with your back feet. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> um, if you're a kid and you're standing over a school desk, uh-huh. and you lean down with your two hands, you put both hands on the desk. So I'm keeping my arms straight. Yes. Yeah. And then you jump up yeah, with your okay. back, you, your legs, you jump up, just hop up and down. <laughs> You've seen kids do that, surely. 
<laughs> I think I think I know what you mean. Yeah, just kind of like just kind of like hopping. They're kind of like hopping and kind of yeah. Okay, okay. I'm imagining. I'm imagining it now. Okay. Yes, I get you. Do you mean like hopping on the spot, but like using yes. the, using the table for support? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was your back your back feet that described me as if you were implying I had front feet as well. That's that's what confused me. Well, you are the spawn of the devil. <laughs> um, will that do? That'll do, Kevin. That'll do. That was great. Okay. Goodbye. All right. Very good. Goodbye. Rest in peace, Tina Turner, you big legend. Bits or whatever. Unedited and raw. And here is a clip from the lad's latest mini bits bonus show. The full episode, plus 100 more, are available on their Patreon. Mini bits. Another new episode. Of this Patreon podcast. Exclusive. The best bits podcast with Will and Ken. Bonus content for you, yeah. That's right, this is for you, not for them, just for you. The best bits podcast with Will and Ken. Exclusive content. You want the talking film section. The best bits podcast. This is for you. <laughs> Kevin, how are you? Hi, honey. How are you? Oh, you know, I've got this. I've got my corns sorted out. I went to the Chiraptus the other day and uh, she Your said... corn? Uh, my corns. Did you, ever get, did you ever get corns? No. Did you know what a corn is? Yeah, it's a bunion on your foot, isn't it? Yeah, like in between your toes and stuff like that. Do you, do you not wear any shoes like around the house you walk no, barefoot? I, I, I wear... No, it's the opposite. GA shorts. It's the opposite. I wear incredibly tight shoes. Like those Chinese women oh. who get their feet bound, who had their feet bound, like, you know, before the turn of this yeah. last century. And so they had incredible corns and bunions. This is a great opener for a mini bits episode where we get people disgusted. Squally, it's episode 73 of the mini bits. <laughs> I'm Kevin, you're Will. This is yeah. our Patreon podcast. Thank you to all our lovely patrons. Yeah. A few of you have jumped in recently. I don't know what we said. We try to goad people into joining up every single episode and then every so often it's like a lot of people join because of one specific episode and yeah. I'm like what did we how did we say it what did we say on that episode that's different <laughs> to the other 270 episodes maybe it didn't sound as desperate maybe we said don't jo-. maybe reverse psychology that's how we should do it reverse psychology don't join up to our patron don't it's <laughs> You don't des- everybody you, cancel. You don't deserve to be in this group. We don't want you. We don't we like don't the look of you. you. 
we don't we don't need anybody <laughs> it's just us it's absolutely just us hey should we tell people we we did i don't know maybe we shouldn't say it on mic especially so early we did an interview with the irish examiner last friday we did yeah and uh, how do you think yeah. i how do you think i did I, I I think you did all right. Like you didn't interrupt me once. So I was <laughs> delighted with how I came across. But, you know, there's no sort of time limit on this. We don't know when it's going to get posted. One of our friends was saying, Kathy at the cinema was saying that their interview with, did they do the examiner as well? It was six uh, months yeah. before it posted. And, and the Guardian, I'm pretty sure. They were, they were profiled in the Guardian as well. Yeah, but we don't do any really promotion. Like nah. we don't do anything. Well, this is our first time getting any sort of like proper coverage, which is going to be mad. So um, uh, listen to all you listeners who have uh, found us before we explode. You're, 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 you're an OG. Bust. You're an OG <laughs> listener before Kevin starts getting gold chains from all his Patreon dash. I think I'm more of a silver than a gold. I think oh, yeah. my uh, undertones suit more silver. But, uh, yeah. I just want to die. Those are my Prince Albert. <laughs> Your hat? <laughs> yeah. I Speaking of, of which, I want one of those diamond studs in my tooth. That's all I want. So I can go bing whenever I'm on a call. Oh, uh, yeah. Bing. I usually just, you know, wink and like glitch. Yeah. Like starlight twinkle. <laughs> Speaking of which, I interrupted you. What, what, we, what, did, what did you want to speak of? Which? Start the time. Oh! I forgot. You may as well. It's just the timer. They, all, all these lucky loos are listening in and, and they're wondering, what are we going to be talking about? But we have to start talking about them after Yeah, we, we say goodbye. But look, I wanted to talk to you about, um, well, you've seen a few things. You've seen the new Godzilla film. Yes. I've seen the first Omen. Uh, I saw Scoop as well. That, oh, uh, we're looking Netflix forward to watching thing. that. We already see, okay. Okay. I'll save my thoughts. And right. um. What else did I see? I made notes, but sure, it doesn't Jeez. really matter. I think I saw it. And I was going to go through all the summer releases and see what oh, takes your fancy. Okay, okay. I'm looking forward because I don't actually know what's what's on the horizon. So, um, I'm well, the Joker your... Two trailer came out today. I saw it. Yes, I watched that. Hmm. It reminded me of Chicago. Yeah, it's kind of like you see. It's all very much in the mind's eye. It, they're calling it a jukebox musical. Am I right in saying that? I think you're right in saying that. So, look, hey, listen, uh, I, I actually, what it, what it did remind me of <laughs> was that I want to watch, rewatch The Joker because I saw it in the cinema and I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine. It was a kind of a bold new direction. Uh, I'm just going to go cinema. back and watch the episodes from the Batman 66 show, the Joker episodes. Oh, yeah, that's going to be... Just to fill me in like on the lore. <laughs> get up to speed. Get you right up to speed. <laughs> And you'll be there going, where where are all the guys in the purple suits with the masks? Where when are they going to show up? And like it's you know, a bit of a weird time though, where we have the penguin TV show with Colin Farrell coming out, which is a totally different canon version of the penguin. Then you have this offshoot of Joker, which is not its own universe entirely. Mm. And then you have the old Batman films that you can watch. Right. And, uh, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's just I don't know. I'm kind There's of so many IP, but like this, just everywhere. What well, what's happened is the world, the comic book world, has very much entered the the film world. It's where you could have different runs, totally different runs of a character by it's different insane. authors, and there would be totally different riffs on it and stuff. Oh, it's oh, this is the insane. thing. 
Kevin, so I'm only catching up on this. You mentioned it to me on a on a pod, on a podcast. Where was it on one of those? Uh, it was the last. Show? It was the last mini bits. Uh, you, you said everyone's describing stuff as insane recently. And have you started noticing it though? Only, only, only with people trying to raise you. That's the only type, only where place where I've noticed people. No, people under score are trying to every, raise you. Oh my god! Oh my god! I could start posting though, like, um, tweets, comments, TikToks. Uh, articles, anything insane is everywhere. This is insane. That's insane. It's insane. There was a festival just going on about this insane lineup. I was okay. like, oh, it's a mentally ill lineup. Okay, <laughs> it's just it's it's everywhere. And the other, th- do you know the other thing that's also bothering me lately? Wow. wow. And this has been bothering me for years and years and years. It used to be that everyone used to misspell definitely. They'd go defiantly. Okay. Oh, it's defiantly whatever. It would just there are morons, but no. <laughs> I just keep noticing everyone keeps spelling a lot as one word, A-L-O-T, a lot. Where has where have they gotten into their heads that a lot is one word? It's the same way that people will write every time as one word. What's the one that you've you've pulled me up on a few times and I can't get it right? Compliment. Compliment. I can't, <laughs> but I can't get it right. It's like the you I. because I told you the other day. Yeah, and I went searching for it and I couldn't find it because I had to actually had to an, use it. If there's an I in compliment, it's yeah. I'm paying you oh, a compliment. That's a good way to remember it. Okay, good. And then compliment. I, I wrote that to you. But you did. And I went to try and find it because I was I found myself writing the word compliments. And I went, shit, Kevin. But, I, but you, you gave me a thumbs up, which meant in my world that, yeah, I read that. Thanks. But I did, right? I'm talking about a couple of days later when I was faced with the exact same hurdle of writing the word compliment, I went, okay, what did Kevin say again about compliment? There's an I and the E. What did he say? So I went searching for it and I found it, I think. And I went, oh, the I is paying me a compliment or I'm giving you a compliment. It's insane how little you can retain information. It's insane. (laughs) Come here, let's start talking about what we watched. Come on. Did you start the timer? Yeah, it's it's gone. It's ticking. It's ticking down. The world's going oh, to explode. You know, I have to put in the sound effect. I have to. I have to line oh. up all my sound effects. When you said start I have the timer, like, I have a whole it's... fucking. I have a whole soundboard. Here. Okay. Ah. Jesus Christ! Where's my fucking? What? Where's my ding dang ding? Here we go. The timer has started. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Okay.